an audio newspaper full of very unserious, partially real stories that the world needs to hear. More listening and less reading than a newspaper, but equally as sexy. This is Paper News Out Loud. Hello and good evening. I'm your host, Diane Weathersby. Hello and good morning. I'm your co-host, Florence Strongsby. Thank you for listening to Paper News Out Loud. So Florence, how was your weekend? It was, you know, pretty uneventful. Did some dog sitting, went grocery shopping. Some meal prepping. Meal prepping. Got a massage. Cleaning out that ripped garbage in your closet. What did I do yesterday? Trampoline park. Were you taken? Is that why you couldn't remember? Maybe. Was the aliens that wiped your mind? I was abducted and they stole all my beautiful, cherished memories of my Saturday and left me only with the fast approaching Monday. Gross. Monday dread. That's the worst. It is. Well, I got to have a waffle ice cream sandwich today. It was glorious. Well, let's dive right into our headline story tonight. So Legos are a playtime essential for children across the globe, as well as for me and my fiance, two grown ass adults. They're designed to make kiddos use their imagination and think creatively. Legos may or may not be building the first underwater city entirely out of their bricks for us to move into if the earth completely is flooded and disappears beneath the sea. But that is definitely and entirely a rumor. Anyways, Lego is doing something big and exciting in 2018. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit more about Lego and how they transformed over the last almost century before I unveil their big news for 2018. Wait, the big news for 2018 isn't that they're building an underground city? No, that's not Legos. true. That's not true. Because I already was starting to think of names for it. Legolantis <laughs> was the one. first one that came to mind. That fits with their aesthetic, too, which I think they would really appreciate. I think if we have enough gumption, we could probably crowdfund an underwater Lego city. It'd be really cute. It would be really cute. Okay, but anyway, let's start at the beginning of the Lego. So, the Lego company was founded back in 1932 by Ole Kirk Christensen. Yes, that is his first name. Who is a Danish carpenter. He passed the company down from his son and so on and so forth, so that today the company is owned by Kel Kirk Christensen, who is the grandchild of the founder. So it's a family business, is kind of the moral of the story. But um, prior to starting the Lego company, old Kirk Christensen was in the business of building stepladders, ironing boards, stools, and wooden toys. And then he made the transition to entirely toys and stopped making stepladders. Wait, were the stepladders made in the same form of, like, Legos? No, this is all in wood back then. So oh, it was entirely okay. wood. They hadn't made the transition to, like, plastic products yet. So were the Legos wooden, too? No. They weren't oh. building Legos at this point. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I wasn't properly listening. <laughs> they were making wooden toys, though. Like, they had, one of their most famous oh. products was, like, a wooden duck. But, oh, that sounds cute. But anyway, he brought his son, Gadfred Kirk Christensen into the Danish carpeting scene when, he's, when he was only 12 years old. So family business, carpenters, Danish. It's good to start young, like Jesus. <laughs> exactly. So Lego is actually an abbreviation of two Danish words, legat, which means play well. And that's kind of their motto. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I know, right? I like that a lot. 
So for probably two decades, the Lego company made a variety of toys that aren't the Lego bricks we know and love today. Um, some of them include wooden toy animals, plastic balls for infants, and a variety of other plastic toys that were made using their plastic molding machines. So kind of like leading up to the, the plastic brick that we know today. So they went from making like a variety of different like animal toys to just like a solid brick with like four knobs on top. Well, right. I guess that's not true. I mean, they make like people mm -hmm. shapes and they yeah. make all different kinds of shapes Yeah, and like different kinds of sets, like the Millennium Falcon and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it started just like typical toy company churning out toys, I guess. That makes sense. No rhyme or reason. Well, there, there was probably a structure. <laughs> horrific blobs of like plastic and they probably didn't just go into work like oh what animal did i see in my walk to work today oh that's right i saw a duck oh i think i'll make a duck today okay anyway but the interlocking bricks that we know and love today weren't patented and implemented until the 1950s so that's kind of when that familiar lego brick showed up on the scene so it took them about 18 years to really hit their stride yeah it's felt yeah yeah, and then it was like there was a timeline going through how many employees that they owned in each decade. Wait, did like, you say how many employees that they owned? Yes. <laughs> I don't think that was legal. No, that's right. Or ethical. <laughs> I meant exactly what I said. Um, how many employees worked for them. And like when they first started in like 1932, they had eight employees and now it's like trillions. Not, it's not actually trillions. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more than that. Literally everyone in the world secretly works for Lego. So the, the interlocking bricks, you know, the ones that you were making fun of before, I don't yep. know if you remember that. <laughs> I recall. Uh, was a new design and it revolutionized the Lego toy industry and would lead to one of their most successful products. You know, I'd say, yeah. The Lego brick. From here on out, it was a whirlwind of creating new products, improving the Lego brick design, opening theme parks, and making lovable movies. So that's just kind of your crash course history of the Lego company. We could go a lot further and a lot deeper, but we're, we're not going to. I have been to Legoland in the Mall of America. That's pretty special. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's a special place. Did you know there's a theme park in California? Is there really? Yeah, there's a Lego theme park. It's Do you awesome. want to go, Florence? Yes. I love Legos. Okay. Wait, are all the rides built out of Legos? I sure hope not. <laughs> They're just all Gorilla glued together. That's how they prove that Legos are durable, is that they take you on rides. They build roller coasters out of them. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, but this leads us to the exciting news that Lego released. Okay, I'm ready. So it's no surprise that Lego pretty much was built on selling actual pieces of plastic to people around the world. That's what they do, they sell plastic. But the company announced that they will be transitioning into sustainable products, both their core products, <gasps> so the actual Lego bricks, right? and the packaging to sustainable materials by 2030. Woo! I know, isn't that crazy? That's amazing. So what does this look like for Lego? I'm so proud of that. I know. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Upstanding. It's kind of cool. Are they still based in Dane? Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> where all the Danes are from? I believe so. Okay. I feel like that's over there. But I don't know, don't quote me on that. <laughs> well, I literally have to, it's recorded. <laughs> Okay, so their goal is to reduce their environmental and social footprint oh, by using much a much friendlier material. Their new products are going to be made out of botanical materials. That's right. 
Legos will one day be made out of trees, bushes, and leaves. Specifically the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse before it gets better. So essentially, it's still going to be a type of plastic. Um, yeah. It's just not going to be fossil fuel based. Instead, the, oh, sorry, go on. No, that's really cool because like, mm -hmm. um, even like the paper industry and everything, a lot of those like companies are huge supporters of like sustainable forestry and things mm -hmm. like that. So it'd be really cool to have Lego backing that since they're such yeah, a big company. Exactly. Um, so instead of fossil fuels, it'll be powered by trees, but more specifically sugar cane, which is actually the oh. key component of the plastic product that they're making to transition into their toys. That's cool. Okay, now if you hate the environment and love the feel of cold hard plastic in your hands and also love thinking of it floating in our oceans and slowly killing us and our planet, your first concern might be whether or not these plant-based Legos might have the same feel and quality as the original product. Well, you selfish butt faces, yes it will. <laughs> Essentially, the Legos are still made out of a type of plastic like I said. Tim Brooks, who is the Senior Director for Environmental Sustainability at LEGO and has the best job in the entire world. Yeah, can I just say another one of my dream jobs? That <laughs> like, would be incredible. Working for LEGO, that would be so awesome. <laughs> I was looking more at the Director for Environmental Sustainability, <laughs> <laughs> but sure. <laughs> he said that neither children nor parents will notice any difference between the two products, between the old plastic and the new plastic. They both have the same properties, which means consumers won't notice a difference. So that begs the question, why aren't more companies doing this? Or are they and we just don't know about them? I feel like it's probably more expensive. True. Because making plastic is dirt cheap until we run out of fuel yep. or fossil fuels and then it won't be dirt cheap anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm guessing that is probably due to cost. Okay. And Lego's probably just rolling in it, let's be honest, so they can True. afford to do a big change like this. That's cool. Awesome. Nice job, Lego. Yeah. But that's not all. <gasps> what? <laughs> Lego also has spearheaded efforts to run entirely on renewable energy. And <gasps> guess what? What? They did it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> in May of 2017, the company reached its goal of running on 100% renewable energy three years ahead of schedule. They built a wind turbine entirely made out of Lego bricks to celebrate the milestone. That's incredible. Milestone. 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 Minecraft. Let's go play. So clearly Lego is ahead of their game, and I thought it would maybe be beneficial if we helped inspire them with some ideas of other ways to continue to be more eco-friendly. So Tim Brooks. If you listen to this podcast between board meetings or during board meetings, <laughs> or if you have board meetings about this podcast, <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know, gets you through the work week. <laughs> Here are some of our best and most creative ways to keep the company moving forward with its environmental efforts. One, hamster power. <laughs> Invest in the elusive hamster black market, saving millions of hamster from peril. Create an intricate hamster-in-wheel machine where the hamsters are paid fair wages and live healthy, safe lives within the Lego empire. The hamsters run on their wheels to power the company. It's like wind power, but a hundred times cuter, which I think is one of Lego's core values. And then they can, like, on the hamsters' off hours, send them home with the local Danish children. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I had to specify that they were Danish. But with the local children. But I feel like Danish children deserve hamsters, so that's fine. I think everyone deserves hamsters. Okay, here's another one. Lego computer games. 
this way, no material is even needed except the materials needed to make computers, but that's not the point. You can build with Legos and make creations you couldn't afford to make in the real world. Hold on, I'm getting an update. <laughs> it looks like Lego games, in fact, do exist. Way to go, Lego. It sounds like they make movies, too. Gosh, what the heck can't Legos do? Honestly, I have no idea. They're amazing. Rock-based Legos. Ooh. What are there millions of in the world? That's right, rocks. The company takes their famous Lego brick design and instead makes the bricks out of rocks. The products become almost indestructible, but the rates of broken teeth in children greatly increases. A sacrifice you have to make. Mm -hmm. A Lego sharing program. It's kind of like car sharing or like ride sharing, but better. Lego legally owns all Legos even after they have been sold. Therefore, they have the rights for what are done to them. Lego launches an app that everyone has automatically downloaded to their phone, and then you can sign up for times to have the Legos. Less Legos end up being made, and everyone learns to share. How will the company continue to make money? There is a monthly fee that you pay to Lego, and you are legally required to pay it. A small price to pay to be environmentally friendly. Okay, trash-based Legos. What's the best way to get rid of trash? Upcycle it. The Lego company could spare our landfills of millions of pounds of trash by compressing the garbage into Lego bricks. The smell would be the main problem, but I think we would all get used to it after a while. A work to Lego program. Traditionally, you have a job, and then you get money from that job, and you can use that money to buy whatever you want. Well, instead of charging money for their product, Lego should charge in community service. Every hour spent planting trees, cleaning up trash, recycling, etc. grants you a Lego voucher. Save up enough vouchers and you can trade them in for more Legos. I can get behind that. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, imaginary bricks. Lego is all about using your imagination and being creative and looking at things from a different perspective. That's why implementing a series of entirely imaginary bricks would really have a positive impact on the environment. Kiddos simply unpack boxes of air and imagination and have the best time of their lives because there are literally no rules. They can be marketed as Legoless Legos, and Orlando Bloom can be the spokesperson. Also, I like how you said kiddos simply unpack the box when I know for a fact, Florence, that you, an adult woman, would be one of those people unpacking the boxes. You know it. Okay, even if Lego decides not to take on these awesome and amazing and totally marketable ideas. I personally am super impressed by the company for making some pretty big changes to improve the planet we live on. Nice work, Lego. I second that impressed. Um, that being impressed. I second being impressed. <laughs> I am also impressed. And now the world is impressed. <laughs> Today, a new thing happened with the void that rents our closet. I went in to grab the broom and instead found that the closet that once was a normal closet with a gaping void in it had transformed into a sooty alleyway with a single flickering street lamp. Beneath that street lamp was a large message board that had the words classified ads painted across the top in bright black letters. There was a small note pinned to it. It read, hey Florence, the note said, sorry about your broom, I'll return it. Can you do me a favor and read these classified ads so that they're out there on the airwaves? I have too many stacking up. Thanks. 
XOXOXOXO, the beast that lives in the void. Since the void beast has always been a responsible and enjoyable resident, we decided to oblige their request. So here are the numerous and mismatched ads that were posted on the board this week. Please respond at your own discretion, like you would respond to any newspaper classified ad, by gently putting a full loaf of bread into your oven and turning the heat to 900 degrees. That's how the poster will know you're serious and reach out to you shortly. Wanted. Doing some minor updates on the old underground bunker and is in need of a quality plumber and electrician who provides affordable, quality service and is comfortable participating in a series of lie detector tests and grueling physical activity. If interested, please contact me via smoke signal and pack enough changes of clothes for 10 days. Misconnection. I saw you. Steamy hot, beautiful. I gazed at you through the window. You were on the corner of 14th Street and Vine. You look like a real fine snack. You left with someone more attractive than me. I'm sorry I couldn't take you home and indulge in your cheese-stuffed crust and spicy tomato sauce. You were the perfect pizza. For rent. Large, two-bedroom treehouse available for rent. Located deep in the rainforest planet of Blurth, this treehouse is the rental unit of your dreams. Walking distance from the University of Blurth and designated Horg riding, riding trails, this neighborhood is perfect for anyone who is active and ready to explore this unexplored planet. Water is included, but tenants are responsible for heat, electricity, and fighting off nightly invaders. Contact us for more information. For sale. Pots and pans set. Good condition. A few scratches. Possibly cursed by a gypsy princess. Free to whoever can pry them off of my body. Looks like there's something for everyone here. Let us know if you look into any of these offers and how that turns out for you. You might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> but you might also live in the rainforest treehouse of your dreams. As I was watching the sunset, a fleet of UFOs flew by. I was quickly able to tell that the unidentified flying objects were just geese flying back to enjoy the new warmer weather. They used their flying formation to spell out a letter. It read, Dear Florence and Diane, I tried to hire an airplane skywriter, but the cost was sky high. Turns out, geese are trying to burst into the skywriting scene and offered me a 50% discount and a t-shirt. You can't beat a deal like that. So anyway, I recently came to this planet and started piloting this great body. I can eat, run, talk, the whole works. As it turns out, there's another one of your species that thinks I have a great body too. I guess they like the form my cells take when they divide. We're going out to dinner tonight, and I've learned from studying your film that the first kiss should come after the date, and I should casually invite them to my living quarters. The problem is that I've never controlled a body with so many hands before, and never have they been this functioning. I know there's more to a kiss than just mashing faces together, so I want to be prepared for what my date is expecting. How can I use these wonderful extremities to make this kiss one to remember? Sincerely, Hansy and Hackney. Well, Hansy and Hackney, I love how you are already anticipating your partner's needs. Obviously, we know how to kiss and are like great at it, but uh, nevertheless, we reached out to WikiHow to help us help you. So the first thing that I want to address is consent. 
I don't know how mating worked in other bodies that you've possessed, but here on Earth, nothing is as sexy as consent. These kissing tips are only fun if both parties are enjoying it. If at any point your lover friend seems uninterested in what you are doing, stop and ask how they are feeling before proceeding. So first, what we're going to start with is touching your partner. I'm already uncomfortable. <laughs> touching is obviously a great thing to do with your hands. It's what they are built for. Start by touching their waist. This move is called the hip holder. This is a good starting move and keeps your hands from awkwardly hanging at your side. They might also place their hands on your hips. I'm not going to lie to you, this will be straight up awkward, so you need to have another move ready. If they state claim to the hip holder, you will have to use the move face fondle. It's sexier than it sounds. Gently, gently place your hands on their face. Make sure you wash your hands after dinner so you don't have leftover breadstick grease on them. Use your hands to caress their cheeks, jaw, and even their ears. Do not pinch their cheeks like they are a cute baby unless they explicitly ask you to. Just like expert level life tip, do not put the hand on the front of the face as to cover the eyes, nose, and mouth. That obstructs the kissing and also the breathing. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous. Don't forget, your partner probably has hands too. But if they don't, you can skip this step. Hold their hand with yours. Draw letters on their palm with your fingertips. Try spelling out the lyrics to your favorite follow boy song. If they get the reference, you know you have something else to talk about later. And also some great mood music. <laughs> Run your fingers through their hair. Run your fingers through your own hair. Run their fingers through your hair. Tie their hair into intricate knots that make a statement on capitalism. If they do not have hair, or if you are unable to run your hands through it, use yarn instead. You need to demonstrate that you are adept at tying knots in case you are ever boating together, and also that you can use art to make commentary on society. Wrap your arms around them. Think about the strength of a snake about to squeeze the life out of its prey and hug about 75% of that strength. Completely envelop them in your hug. For an added bonus, you can wrap your legs around them too. Make sure they are strong enough to support all your weight or just sit on something first. At some point, you'll just want the kiss to be done. You can use your hands to end the kiss. There are several ways you can do this. One way is to firmly place one hand on their forehead and push them backwards. Hold them at arm's length, nod, and exit the room. Alternatively, during the kiss, you can take your hands and force them between yours and your partner's faces. Cover both of your mouths with your hands to effectively prevent further kissing. I would just recommend if you're doing the nod and exit the room tactic to maybe say something. You don't want them to get their feelings hurt. Well, see, I think of it as a romantic move. Like, yes, we <laughs> kiss. Get over there. <laughs> that happens. Because, like, saying so you could say something awkward. It's like, <laughs> you wouldn't want this to be awkward. <laughs> like, you nod, like, gotta go poop. And then you walk out of the room. And then you're in the hallway. And you're like, God dang it. Why am I so awkward? If you don't say anything at all, you can't say anything wrong. That's, That's true. what my mom always taught me. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. But if you do want to continue the kisses, mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> You can take it to the next level. Take it slow. I know it seems counterintuitive, but humans 
love slow motion. Pretend like you were on the moon and exaggerate every movement. Before going into slow motion, create a slow motion sound effect. Kind of like, and then move really slow, like lift your legs really high when you take a step. Maybe walk around the room once in slow motion so they know what you're doing and that, and that you're okay with taking it slow. Another thing you can do is control their hands with your own. Tie strings from your hands to theirs and perform an impromptu puppet show. Maintain the kiss during the puppet show for added passion. Tailor the theme of the puppet show to the mood of the night. Are you both funny people? Then tell a comedy. Do you feel emotionally connected? Tell a story from your childhood that influenced who you are today. Be creative. Drudge up emotional childhood trauma. This is the perfect place for it. The world is your stage. Appropriate for date number one, without a doubt. Of course. Put your hands in their back pockets. <laughs> That's right, touching that butt. Sneakily place glitter or snacks for later in their pockets. When they get home and empty their pockets or find the items after they do laundry, they'll appreciate the gesture and think of you. Oh boy, oh folks, this one, I'm getting a little hot and bothered. Oh God. <laughs> Next, you can explore their body. This is the ultimate next level move. Ask them if it is okay by placing both hands on the side of their face, looking deeply into their eyes, do your best cartographer impression and say, can I explore your body? Take out a large piece of paper and trace them onto it. Make a map out of their shape and start marking landforms. Scientifically chart all the parts of their body that they are okay with. Switch and allow them to explore your body. Make puns when labeling the map. Also handy to keep on hand and, you know, bring to your next, doc next doctor appointment. Right, exactly. If there's a mole or something that's been bothering mm -hmm. you, mark it on the map. Multitasking. Let's face it. In today's world, you're too busy to devote a solid chunk of time to kissing. Kissing doesn't even require all of your attention. There are plenty of things you can do with your hands while kissing that don't impact the kiss. Work on your hobbies. Origami doesn't require too many materials, so it's a great thing to do mid-kiss. Practice this new hobby or hone your skill, and then when the kiss is done, you have a surprise to give to your partner. Like, that was a great kiss. Here's an origami swan. Exactly. Swans, romantic, it's perfect. Practice sign language if you don't already speak it. It's always great to learn a new language. Play the piano. It will add ambiance and mood to the room to enhance the kiss. You can knit or crochet. Again, you'll be working on a skill and eventually you will have a gift for your partner or enough crafts to stock an Etsy shop. Just knit and crochet yourselves together so then mm -hmm. you can never be apart. Exactly. Life hack, relationship hack. Then they can't leave you. It's perfect. Build with Legos. It takes a long time to build a Lego empire, so you need to work that in every chance you get. Not only is what you're doing during the kiss important, but you also need to do things before the kiss to prepare. Set the mood. Exactly. So something you can do before the kiss is to listen to Rasputin. This song is about Russia's greatest love machine. It will inspire you to be a great love machine. And a great Russian. <laughs> Maybe. Construct an altar devoted to Aphrodite. 
During the kiss, she will whisper sweet nothings into your ear as well as your partner's for an increased sense of intimacy. Just you, your partner, and Aphrodite. I can't think of anything more romantic. Drink a lot of water. Dry mouth is not conducive to good kissing. Fill up a gallon jug every morning one week before the big kiss. Make sure that gallon has been emptied into you by the end of the day, every day. Sit in front of a mirror and say self-affirmations out loud. Look deep into your own eyes and say, I am a good kisser. I have good hands. Repeat this over and over again until you feel confident. If you start getting nervous during the date, you can think back to these affirmations to help calm down. However you decide to go about the kiss, make sure your partner is into your moves. Be open with communication and make sure everyone is having a good time. Your partner will probably bring their own moves too, so make note for future kisses. It sounded like you said your partner will probably bring their own moves too. <laughs> Should I repeat it? Because <laughs> no. I have terrible vocals. It's fine. I feel like everyone will understand them. <laughs> I'm just going to say It's a moose. <laughs> hey, Florence. Can you pull this train into the motivation station? Choo-choo, mother truckers. All right. I'm a forgetful person. My coworkers constantly make fun of me because I ask them all the time what they're going to school for and then immediately forget once they tell me. I forget things I want to do, plans I've made, and things I've learned. I'm trying out some things to be less forgetful. Florence, how do you remember and keep track of things? Yes, I too have a hard time keeping track of the various things going on in my life because I'm so busy, so popular. So socially engaged. So, so socially engaged. <laughs> Two words that describe me. So that's why I hired a friendly gnome to follow me around and update me on my calendar and what I have going on each day. I pay the gnome in pure magic which is what he uses to generate my weekly calendar and project it in front of me at all times. That way, through sheer magic and wonder, I am able to see my schedule 24-7. But magic isn't always the best solution. How do you keep track of your schedule, Diane? So I've started recording all of my interactions throughout the day. I have my microphone on 24-7. This doesn't help me actually remember anything, though. It's just a way for me to go back to conversations I've had. So, in order to actually help me remember, I listen to the recordings when I get home. Again, this still isn't enough. I write word for word everything that was said to me during the day in a journal. Then I go back through and highlight the important information, a skill I learned in college. After I extract all the good stuff, I write it on my walls in red sharpie. Apparently, red is a color that helps you remember. I write the most important information on my very body. Rereading this information burns it into my mind. I also perform an actual burning ritual in which I burn the journal after I have written everything down. This raises the stakes for me to remember everything because I won't be able to go back to it since I also delete the recording. So far, I've seen some improvement. I remembered that I made plans for this weekend, though I'm having trouble thinking of what exactly they are. But hey, Progress is progress. You'll show up to something. <laughs> yeah, I'll be somewhere. Our challenge for you this week is to try to remember something. Pay attention to the important things people say to you and make sure to bring them up at a later date to show that you really did remember. You have to prove it. Shows that you're an active listener. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring up random facts. 
hey, aren't you going to school for radiography? Oh, yes, I am. How is that relevant? It's not. I just wanted you to know I can remember things. <laughs> Today, two weasels knocked on my door to see if I was interested in buying any Girl Scout cookies. I felt proud that the Girl Scouts were letting in weasels, so I bought 35 boxes of Thin Mints. When I opened the boxes of Thin Mints, though, there were no cookies. Instead, there were two weasels in a beautiful shade of Thin Mint nestled in the box. Now I have 70 weasels. That's a telltale sign that the podcast is coming to an end. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to what we had to say. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Paper News Out Loud for more great episodes. If you liked what you heard a lot, leave us a review on iTunes saying what you liked. Make sure to include your grocery list for this week. We want to know what you eat. If you're in love with what you heard, invent a new kind of toy to rival Legos. Inscribe each piece with our words. Change the world. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, tell your friends because word of mouth is the most powerful form of advertisement. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank the sun for giving me that D. I also want to thank Jake Harrison for allowing us to use his track titled Five off his album Found on SoundCloud. Thanks, Jake. You can find his music through the link or by searching at this. As usual, we are looking to showcase community art in our segment named Community Art because we are wordsmiths. You can submit short poems or visual art to us through email at alternaterealityproductions at gmail.com or you can email us just to say hi. We like that. It's fun for us. Tweet us at Reality Out Loud. Use the hashtag ThinkWeirderThoughts. Actually think weirder thoughts. Share with your friends. We hope you learned a thing and made a laugh. I'm gonna go to town on that orange chicken right now. And we don't have to do an EV sesh, so like, I got unlimited time to eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> two hours.